0: Hey guys, in this episode we are joined by Evan Botello. Evan has years of experience as a software developer in crypto and has helped build multiple Web3 meetup groups. We discuss his transition from finance to programming, his thoughts on the Ethereum versus Bitcoin debate, and what he intends to build in the future. With that being said, let's get into it. All right, welcome to the show, Evan.
1: Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me, I appreciate it. Um, I've been talking to uh, Sam a bit on the Discord, so I'm excited to, to, t- to talk here um, over audience of text. I'm
2: excited about that yeah yeah good good to have you um so me and Sam like we like believe like I don't know there's there's a lot of like stigma to like the corporate environment and like we were looking on your LinkedIn and it, I saw that um you started like um consulting um that's like your first experience you have was that out of college and like what was what was the mindset um that you had like okay you want to go into consulting like what was your long-term plan like joining like something like that consulting because that kind of has that corporate um stigma to it
1: yeah so um I don't know how far back you want me to go here, but like, I can kind of talk about the reason I got into that. So out of school, um, my first job was actually in, uh, finance at Freddie Mac. And I kind of just like fell into it. I, I had an interest in it. Um, I studied econ and a little bit of finance in school and, um, so that was my first gig out of college it wasn't the consulting gig um and I did that for about a year and a half and um, I was doing like apps on the side and so me and a buddy had been building like um little web applications and we were you know and and we had different ideas that we were cycling through and eventually I got um plugged into Python and X. So, so my first, the first app that I built was actually an app for Coinbase. It was using the Coinbase API. And um, Coinbase, like back in the day, actually used to have this product called like, um, I think it was called Coinbase apps. And so you could build apps and then they would feature it on their app store. And so they got rid of that like a few years back, Um, but, so I did that, and then once I built it, and I realized that like I could code a product that like was featured on an app store, I was like um, thinking to myself like I actually want to get out of, out out of finance and into software development. But I didn't have the confidence to really do it until I did had that experience of just building it. Um, and so um, the reason I landed in consulting was because that was like the first company that hire, that would hire me. <laughs> so uh, I was like interviewing at a few different places and um, I lived in the DC area. And around there, there's just so many jobs like that because there's all these like little consulting shops that win some contract and need to hire, need to staff up quick. And so there, that type of business was much more likely to take a chance on someone like me who didn't really have a degree or have any, uh, you know, like professional experience coding was just like stuff I had on GitHub. Um, so that was really the reason I got in. It. it was like the the first company that gave me a job offer. <laughs> so it turned out to be a great gig, but yeah, that's the background.
2: Okay, sweet. Yeah, because I know there's a lot of people who think like, oh, like you have to go join this big corporation to go learn everything. But but you was just like, okay, let me just get a job. Like you're already doing these like stuff on the side that like you were doing yourself and like freelancing, quote unquote, but like you just joined it to get a job basically
1: yeah it was it was really like i felt that um i wanted to take it seriously and like take programming or software development seriously and so i figured the the best way to do that because i really did not want to go back to school like i just finished four years doing that and was over it um and so yeah i just figured you know that was the easiest thing so uh, interviewed at three or four places. And that, like I said, that was the first one to uh, to give me a gig. It was really, they had really cool contracts with uh, the government. I ended up working on, like my first job, I ended up working on the online application for US citizenship. Like it was the first time they took it out of from the paper application to like a web application. And so that was pretty neat getting to work on that.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool. Um, so would like when you were in college, was it that whole time Were you um started to get into programming and software development, or was that not till after you graduated? Like when um, did you pick that up? Yeah,
1: so like I'd always sort of tinkered and like in it, but I didn't really take it seriously. Like I I could like hack together some HTML and and CSS, but I didn't really take um software development seriously until senior year and um of high school or college a college college sorry um and that kind of continued into my first year at Freddie Mac and um yeah so
2: um that's awesome did you did did you like uh I don't know how old you are exactly but like you grew up obviously in like there's a dot um there's a dot com bubble which i was born like the year after that um and like there's just, like that that was like a really bad thing that happened for like technology but then like the 10 15 years after that it's literally just been like it's just been growing so fast did you did you is that the reason like you got into it or did someone influence you like to to get into software programming or how did you like come across it in general
1: um i had so the the way it happened was really just i had a really good friend um we're still friends um his name's andrew And we were in student government together and he was a double major computer science econ. And so we met through like econ, that sort of thing. And then I got into my interest in software development came from my friendship with him and he really had a big hand in like kind of guiding me or like guiding my self-taught path because I am self-taught. so I really, um, yeah, that's pretty much how it happened. I, I leaned on him a lot when I was learning. It was like your banks. mentor
2: in a, in a sense.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, hours over the years, yeah. <laughs> just like entertaining my questions. Um, so yeah, super helpful to have someone like that in your life. If if that's the path you're going down or, um, or any path where you're self-taught, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, on the topic of being self-taught, would you encourage um, other people who want to get into perhaps coding or another field to go down the self-teaching route? or do you think um, going through college or some other type of schooling is necessary?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it kind of depends on the type of person you are. Um, if you're the type of person that can bang your head against the table for hours and not get discouraged by that working through a problem, I think it's like definitely doable um uh it definitely requires a certain degree like especially the this this particular topic we're talking about um software development um it definitely requires a certain amount of like persistence and like grit to just get through this tough stuff um so like it's hard in that sense so i wouldn't i probably wouldn't recommend to recommend it to like everyone but it's definitely doable um and there's a whole, there's a whole industry around it now. So when I started, um, and by around it, I mean, around this like self-taught path for computer science. Um, when I started trying to pick this stuff up in like 2011, there was like some stuff out there that was pretty structured and like easy for people, someone like me to go in and, and kind of go through. But like, now there's a ton. I mean, there's a whole boot boot camp industries and Um, online courses and stuff so like it's definitely like the path is a lot more like approachable I guess now um I think the benefit of like a degree path is you get like you you get like some of the like much harder concepts um you have a forum to ask questions that, like, doesn't exist on, like, an online course, which is super helpful. Um, so I don't know. But then again, you're, like, spending four years doing that and, um, you know, not getting paid. And right. so, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it's trade-offs.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, like, you brought up a good point, like, how about, like, how everything is transitioning away from, like, this, like, idea of, like, authoritarian and, like, oh, we have to go to this school and they're going to teach me everything. But now like people are realizing that you can, there's so many people out there that are like giving out resources and making these courses and whatnot. They're actually not like gurus that are just making money, but like people that are actually trying to help other people learn. And I think yeah. like it speaks a lot to like blockchain, like technology and crypto in general, because like, it's like this um, anti-authoritarian system and like they coded this thing and it's for everyone. It's not just like one person at the top that controls who learns what, which I think college is, is really leaning. It's leaning towards that now a lot like, they're having so much control over what these students are learning that and they're paying million or thousands of dollars to, to go to school for. Um
1: yeah so. yeah I mean and yeah I mean crypto uh was really one of the things that kept pulling me into software development because it was yeah, like, so,
2: yeah so could you tell us like about like how you came across crypto and, like what was so attractive to it. Yeah,
1: yeah you know and it's funny it's like I don't actually remember the first time I was like exposed to the concept. Um, I just remember over time like kind of picking up bits and pieces and being like oh that like that's still a thing like so the first time I probably heard about it was senior year of school but like I don't really remember like it wasn't like you know how some people talk about like they saw something on Hacker News and it was like a religious experience it was like no I was like I, I read a few headlines and I like every once in a while over the span of a year I'd see another one and so Sometime in like 2013-ish time frame, so when I was working at Freddy, I really got, um, I like, I went down the rabbit hole on it. (laughs) Um, And I did like a presentation, I remember doing, we had this thing at work um, in that consulting gig where they, we had like mock presentations and I I remember reading up a lot on Bitcoin because I I presented on Bitcoin. Um, But To be honest, like being in finance, um, actually sort of like it it actually didn't help me investigate crypto more. It actually made me more skeptical, and I I think that's interesting because like um, if you have a financial background, you come you come in you when you learn about something like crypto, you you bring all your bias. Um, Like I remember taking this monetary theory class in school, and we learned about like how um like the ability for the central bank to to control liquidity is a good thing and so when i realized that like bitcoin didn't have that and and i was like oh this can't work as a currency you know it's um it'll never work and so I i had that bias um kind of baked in and so it actually took me longer to really go down the rabbit hole than i think if i didn't have that those preconceptions of like what makes good money or whatever. Uh, but then over time, of course, I realized it's like way more than just money. it's it's about more than money. It's about like you know like decentralized programs and things like that. Um,
2: yeah, there's so much you can build on top of it. Um, did you yeah. so you, you you glossed over it just like a little bit. You said you like put together a presentation about Bitcoin and presented it to your consulting firm?
1: yeah it it was it was uh it was really just like so they they had all the new kind of all the new like fresh blood at the company go through these like presentation classes where like you just pick up you know uh i guess like they because because you're presenting to clients they want you to have like a little bit of practice i guess right and so you just pick some random topic and you put something together and so i put it together um a thing on bitcoin and so that that was the really the first like thing where i was like hmm maybe i should um it, well i figured in order to do this presentation right i need to learn more about it and so that was like part of yes. my way
2: did you get like so that was back in like 2016 i guess it was at your consulting yeah. job so yep. what was like what did like people say to you like after like you brought up this term because like i feel like it was su- super new that was before the 2017 um little run um, yeah well,
1: i mean everyone just thought it was weird you know they were like oh this is pretty weird <laughs> like nobody really understood it and yeah. to be honest I didn't really understand it either um I, I was it's funny. To- I can relate
2: I did it like I, I I took a government and politics class um here at state and uh it was like you had everyone had to go through and like choose a bill and then give a presentation on it and I chose some bill and it was like in Wyoming or something and it was like banks like approving like i don't know uh, transactions or something like that and i pr- I presented it and everyone was so clueless they were like what is this dude presenting on like what is like ethereum what is like blockchain and they were so confused and my my professor was just like some boomer and he was like oh this is quite an interesting topic kyle <laughs> i was like all right <laughs> yeah i mean cool. it
1: re- those type of topics like um they're great because uh it forces you to to really at least to try to understand it because it's su- such a complicated thing to talk about that like you really show that you don't know what you're talking about if if um i I feel like when you're presenting on a complicated topic like that it's easy for people to tell like if you really understand it or not uh and so i don't know it's good stuff to like cut your teeth on Uh, yeah i
2: think teaching is like a great way to learn like at the same time you could you, you you can like try to study all this information but if you're not like articulating it into words and like expressing it to someone else and I feel like it's it's hard for you to like capture like what you're learning, but you keep it in your mind when you try to teach someone else. Which I guess is what why you started like Web three Triangle, right? Could you could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so um, so actually, um, the first meetup I started was in the DC area. So I started a meetup called um, DC Blockchain Developers. And this was 2018, 2017, 2018 timeframe. And I did it because I just wanted to meet people. Like that was really the the main reason. I wanted to meet other people that were interested in this stuff. Um, And I I didn't want to have to fly to like an Ethereum conference to do that. I just wanted to do it like, you know, in the town I was in. And so uh, it was great that was um uh, i found a sponsor for the meetup there was another dc based consulting firm that was trying to win a bunch of uh, blockchain contracts with the government so they were like willing to spend a bunch of money to cater to the events and um, so how did you
2: how did you find a sponsor like for i didn't know that it was necessarily like you needed a sponsor for an event like that like how, what is the process of like getting a sponsor to like organize an event
1: yeah so um, it was sort of just chance. Like when I started it, it was like I, I wasn't working in a in a WeWork. So I was working in the in the K Street, DC WeWork. And at the time, um, WeWork was just like giving away, like they were if you worked at a WeWork, you could host an event there for free. And so um, I had like one or two events at the WeWork I was at where I had the meetup, people in the meetup come there. And um a guy came who was in a consult who worked at a consulting firm and he was like, Hey, you know, you know, my company is trying to get their name out for this type of work and this type of development. You know, why don't you like, why don't we sponsor this and then we can have it at our office. And, um, and so anyway, his name was Jake and yeah, it was great. So um, it was just like, I met, met a guy who worked at a company that, was interested in it so um <clears throat> that was great so while i was living in dc that that event i did that monthly and met a lot of cool people who are doing like awesome things in the ethereum ecosystem now and so when i moved to the raleigh area um i wanted to start something similar because i met i met so many great people there i was like oh there's probably more people here you know um, and so I can't actually take the credit for starting Lefty Triangle. Um, I don't know Sam if you met Warren, mm-hmm. um, like, at one of the events or not. Um, but so I searched the area to see if anything else was happening, and he had a meetup group. But he hadn't had any events yet, so I DM'd him on Twitter. I was like, "Hey, like, I see that you haven't had an event. Like, why don't we go ahead and do this?" Um, because it was like. Uh, sort of like coming on the second year after COVID hit, and so I think people were like a little bit more willing to like get out of their house and go places, and you know whatever. Um, and that was his reason, I think, that he hadn't actually had an event yet was because of COVID. But um so yeah, so he 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 kicked off the first event, and um I ended up coming to the second one, and I just been coming after that. And so Web three Triangle um sorry triangle web3 um
2: oh i said it wrong that's my fault
1: Uh, it's fine it's fine um the uh the so i actually i was calling it triangle crypto and then Oren wanted to kind of brand it more like the web3 vein so i just went along with it and uh, so we sort of like admin the discord together and um at least the first three, what we were doing, and so it was like a combination of in-person stuff and online stuff, um, and so yeah, so that that's how that whole thing came about. It was sort of like other people were thinking of doing like a Web three-ish meetup, and I was thinking about it around the same time, and so I just was kind of like, um, you know, kind of pushing Orion a little bit, a little bit more to to just go ahead and do it, because um, he's a really connect, he's like a really great guy's really plugged into the Ethereum like community. So um I think it was awesome that he, he sort of started doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's he seems like a really cool guy. Um and I saw the episode where he was on Bankless, which was that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um so uh, so seeing how like you had a group back in 2018 all the way to now, four years later, like you were sort of involved in this this niche, I guess. Um, Did you like notice specifically um, from that role how like they continue to grow as um, I guess the crypto community as a whole continue to grow? Did you see like barely anyone coming to your meetups in Washington, D.C. four years ago and now it's like a lot easier to get members?
1: Um, Actually, there was like a lot of people coming in Washington, D.C. Yeah, it was actually kind of crazy. Like we we couldn't like the space couldn't accommodate. So I had to put caps on um, the events because, like, people would just show up and, like, they could, like, we didn't have enough space for them. Um, yeah, I mean, like, part of it, so part of it, I think, around that time was, like, it was a new sort of, like, um, computing industry and like in that area, there's a lot of firms that are just like vying for like, for work from the government. So a lot of people were just trying to position themselves as like, oh, I can do this crypto stuff. And like, therefore like, I'll be able to win contracts. And so a lot of people were coming for, from that angle. Like they wanted to like get exposure to the stuff so that um, if their company was bidding on work, like they could put down that like, you know, they were experienced or whatever. Uh, but, like, there were some people, like, I would say that, so that was, like, about half of the people that were coming, and then the other half were people who were, like, genuinely, like, interested in the crypto stuff and wanted to build, like, software on Ethereum, or, like, wanted to wanted to build out, like, you know, dApps. Um, and so there was a ton of interest there, and I actually think there's a lot of interest here, too, in the triangle. Um, triangle's, like, not as big of an area as dc and it's a little more spread out so i think like there's probably a lot of people in raleigh who don't make the trek over to durham for the events that we have there uh, because that's where all the events been happening so far and so i've been thinking a little bit about doing something in raleigh um because you know it's just another like sort of city center that i think a lot of people would come out if um if, you know if it was a little bit closer to where they were. it's and, and it's actually closer to where I am too. So
0: yeah, um I guess that that doesn't make sense since in d c, it's definitely so much bigger, and there's so many so many more businesses uh, that might be related to the to that, whereas in Raleigh, um especially crypto related, we really only have like Calldo um and maybe other some some small things. But so being in a group like that, I guess, would you say you've like specifically noticed any benefits or like anything that's helped you grown from being in that, like a group like that?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, part of it is like just the, I guess, serendipity. Like, like I, there's a lot of stuff that um, like, I'm much more exposed to what Oren is working on at Gnosis than I would have been if I hadn't met him. Um, and you know, finding out about cool projects that people are building. Um, so part of it is just like that, like, you know, you get a bunch of smart people together and you just learn cool stuff. And and that was really my goal from the beginning. Like my goal, my goal with the meetups was really more like, um, uh, it wasn't really focused on like, I, I have a specific outcome I'm looking for. It was more like, I want to meet smart people. Who are working on interesting stuff? Just because um, that's how you find out about like the most interesting things going on. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, um, it, like it's hard to quantify. it, I guess is what I'm saying is like the benefits are like a little bit hard to like point by point lay out. Um, but you know, yeah, for me, half of it is like the social aspect because a lot of crypto is online you know, and it's good to, like, see people, I guess, Um, and, but, yeah, part of it is also just, like, um, seeing what people's passion projects are, and, like, learning something from that.
2: So, what would you say, like, if I was, if I was someone, and I'm, like, skeptic about joining, like, a group like this, and it's, like, okay, you're going, and you're going to this group of strangers, and, like, I, I do like what they're talking about, but, like, how would what would you say to someone that's like uh, on the line of like oh should i even join like is it even going to be worth it like maybe touch on some things that they might gain personally if they do join like
1: yeah yeah i think the biggest thing is like um like just a group of like-minded people like being around a group of like-minded people who are interested in the same types of things like that's pretty easy to find online um these days with twitter and stuff like it's pretty easy to find like niche groups Um, but like finding that in your local area is something special, right? Because there's, there's like, when you get together with people there, the conversations you have are like higher fidelity, right? It's like, you can kind of go on tangents and like explore different ideas and talk about different things where you might not necessarily have that kind of conversation experience online, you know? Uh, I mean, Twitter threads get crazy, but, um, yeah, it's not really the same thing like i i'm exposed to a lot more just like random interesting stuff i think through like meeting people at the meetups than i would be if i hadn't gone um and you know also like you know a lot of people in crypto just like largely like two types of people in crypto right investors and builders and if you if you are like the investor type Um, Like a lot of people at the meetup are the builder type, but if you are the investor type, it's also a great way to like get exposed to new projects that you may not have known about um, and maybe a little bit under the radar and, you know, like um, just getting exposure to that early kind of gives you a little bit of an edge. Um, And a lot, like a lot of people, I've met like quite a few uh, investor types who come to the meetup, I think for that reason, actually, to like find new and interesting projects. Um that they right. can maybe invest in at some point.
2: Yeah. So so you mentioned like there's two different types of people in investing and building. Um what 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 should you say that you are? I might already know the answer <laughs> from this conversation. I mean, I'm a
1: pretty bad investor, but I am an investor. <laughs> um, I try not to like day trade, I guess. Um like what pretty- resonate?
2: like what what do you think? Like influences you more about like the crypto space, like for you to become a builder. Like what's what's more valuable to you about being a builder of the crypto space than just putting your money in and, and letting it sit and ride because you believe in it?
1: Yeah, I think um, well, like the most like what really like hooked me early on with the building stuff was just the like, I don't know if permanence is the right word, but like just the idea that like you can ship a product out, like launch it onto the chain and it's just like there forever (laughs) and um you know like in the web 2 world as soon as you stop paying your aws bill like your app's gone forever your data's gone uh it just vanishes like it never existed um and with crypto it's like it exists like as long as there's there's someone out there verifying the chain um and so that concept was like really cool and powerful and I was like, oh that's awesome. Right. Um and so I don't even sorry, I kind of forget your question at this point. No, but yeah, that, you answered it.
2: You, yeah. I was just asking you what resonated you with being a builder and you answered it on the dot.
1: Yeah. Um, so it's just just like a different paradigm, right? It's like there are more there, there's like interesting there like there's just different directions you can take your your projects when you have that kind of like um that new sort of like dimension right that you can build on. Um yeah.
2: it's so and- valuable, I think, like I have like blockchain technology, how anyone can build on it and anyone can use it if you upload it. But I feel like the biggest like set like hold like thing that's holding it back is like scalability. And like obviously if we if we threw everyone on the blockchain right now. Or, like, if for Ethereum, for example, I don't think that it would sustain if, like, there were there were 300 million people on, on Ethereum right now. It wouldn't work. So, like, what do you think, like, yeah. what do you think the, the steps are, like, as far as, like, a blockchain ecosystem? You could talk about Ethereum specifically. Like, what do you think the steps are to, like, proper
1: scalability? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of smarter people than me working on that. Uh, right. But, like, from at least from what I understand, um, like... I don't know, like different projects are are attacking it in different ways. And I'm really not sure which is best. Um, like Ethereum has largely gone down this path of like instead of modifying the layer one so much so that it's unrecognizable so that it can scale to like a billion people, it has taken the approach of like, we're gonna be a layer two ecosystem. So like I think they've taken the position that, over time, all users will mostly migrate to Layer 2s, and then that uh, they th- those Layer 2s will drive their security from Ethereum. So Ethereum, like, it seems like the way Ethereum is solving this is it's becoming a chain of chains, where, like, all these other chains exist, and they all sort of, like, stake their security to Ethereum. Um, and so the only people, like, in 20 or 30 years mining into ethereum will be like whales and other chains because the transaction cost will be so high um but they'll be cheap on layer twos so like that that's an it's interesting because they're taking like a modular approach um but it's also like sort of like I I I have a hard time wrapping my head around like just the fragmentation of that like you know some projects picking one, L, one L2 and other projects picking another L2 and like just the just the that might be confusing for people right like to a normal non-crypto person like that's just kind of weird um so yeah i mean like I, I think it's one of those things where like the market will figure it out like over time uh, you know, other chains have taken an approach where they want the layers to, their layer one, the base layer, to accommodate, um, you know, global scale. And that comes with a different set of trade-offs. Like, on the one hand, it's like you have one network that everyone can align around, and it's maybe less confusing from that perspective. But your trade-off is like it's less decentralized, and you just have these huge – you just require so much hardware like so much compute to run a node that only a few people can do it. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll be like use case specific uh, where games and stuff migrate to one type and money and NFTs migrate to another type of ecosystem. Uh, But it's it's definitely not clear to me at all like how that's going to play out uh, which is interesting. I think if someone claims that like they do know how it's going to play out, they're like lying or they're just delusional or something, uh, because it's pretty complicated. Like even at work right now, uh, there's like we speculate a lot internally about like how we think it's going to play out, and there's lots of differences of opinion, um, um like between really smart people on how they think that scaling stuff is going to work.
2: Right. I agree with you on the part. Like, it's like, I feel like once everything matures to the point where like everything's set in stone, it's going to be like certain protocols are meant for certain things. And like you said, like NFTs or like smart contracts or whatnot, like there's going to be, there's going to be a winner in each niche. And eventually all these niches are just going to grow into insane um, programs. So, so touching on that, like what is, so you, you, you're a software engineer at um, Gemini. So what is Gemini's could just touch on like what Gemini is in general for anyone who doesn't know what it is and like what the goals that they're trying to reach are.
1: Yeah, so Gemini was started in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, as a Bitcoin exchange. And it was because um, the founders, uh, Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss were like, someone exposed them to Bitcoin and they got really excited about it and they bought a bunch. I think at one point they owned like, a lot. <laughs> I don't know if they still do, but um, so yeah. So so started off as a Bitcoin exchange, and then they they've been growing to capture more markets and and also a bigger slice of the crypto market. So now it's more. There's like a ton of currencies on there, not just Bitcoin, and they have other business lines, lines of business. So they just launched like credit card line of business which i think is the only exchange that has launched a credit card business like there's other debit card businesses like coinbase has a debit card and so on and so forth but so we have a, a credit card and um and the 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 tie-in with crypto is that your rewards are in crypto so like you you pay the credit card and then if you get like one percent cash back then you can just any coin that we have you can get, get it in that um and then they bought nifty gateway and uh you know i actually don't remember what year they bought them but so they bought nifty gateway and they've been growing that as like their the nft like their exposure to the nft world and so that's that's mostly what i work on is their that nft marketplace and um yeah, and so they so Gemini has other lines of businesses too. I think like Gemini, from what I can tell, is like for I what I've seen is really focused on being like the 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 easiest, um, most compliant way to onboard on crypto, so like you know go from fiat to crypto,
0: and yeah. So. Um. Yeah, so obviously, like the Mingle Voss twins, a lot of people will recognize as the, the people who sued uh, Zuckerberg. Um, yeah. But so looking at your your experience, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but so it seems like you kind of started out as a software engineer, um, at least in crypto, you were at BitSite. And then um, when you left BitSite, you went to Gemini. Um. Yeah. Would you say, like, there's any distinct differences? You know, because BitSight, obviously, in, in comparison to Gemini, is, is relatively small. Would you say, like, there's any um, distinct differences you notice uh, moving up to a bigger company? And um, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, the differences, are, I think, are more a reflection of like the type of industry they're in. So, like, there's. Um, to be honest like they're not that different in size i think bit Bitsite was maybe half the size of gemini like it's not like i went from like a super super small to like a multinational um like like you know google or something but um so it actually didn't seem like that big of a difference to me um i think just being in, like touching the finance world is like a totally different set of like risks, I guess. And so there's like, um, you know, when you're working in a regulated financial institution, like there's disclosures and stuff. So like at Bitside, I never had to like disclose what my assets were, but, you know, working at Gemini, you do. Um, And so, so that's a little bit different. Um, And so, and, and then when you're building products, you also have to consider, like when you're working in crypto, which touches the finance world you have to consider like uh compliance and stuff whereas that might not have been a huge consideration it just had a normal SaaS company like BitSite.
2: so are you working fully remote
1: yeah so gemini gemini um went fully remote i i believe because of covid so it was like like they were fully in person i believe before covid and then the whole world changed and jim and i was headquartered in new york and you know as you remember new york was like a huge that was like that's a tricky place to be uh working in for in person (laughs) in new york city and so i think it was just like sort of necessity uh that jim and i went fully remote
2: do you, i'm curious do you think like blockchain like obviously like COVID hit and like it just everyone went from like in person and like all on, on-site stuff to remote work and like it's, yeah. we're kind of evolving i would say as society someone argued that we're not evolving and it's kind of hurting our productivity um what is your thought on like if if remote work is better obviously there's different occupations but like in general do you think like work like working remote is if if we're moving towards that as society do you think that's going to be better overall or, or what are your thoughts on that
1: Um, yeah, I thought a lot about this because I, like, I went from fully in person to fully remote overnight. Like it was literally like one day in April, 2020, I was like, I never went into an office ever again after that. Uh, so that's been weird. Um, and I think the experience, like, it's an interesting question because, um, I think in my perfect world, I would work from the office like a couple days a week. Uh, I would go to the office to have like those more um, free ranging conversations that maybe aren't so easily time boxed into like 30 minute Zoom calls, you know, Um, like when you want to sort of jam a little bit on a concept. Um, That's a little bit harder to do over Zoom. For whatever reason, like That type of thing where you're just like you you have like a you have a problem space and you're just trying to explore it and think about different ways that you can attack that. Um, That's not the easiest to do over Zoom, but everything else I think is like better remote Um, in knowledge work. My type of work, I think specifically, like when you sometimes do not need to be in an office in order to just put your thinking hat on and write some code. Um, I think that's, that's better at home uh, or, you know, wherever you want to be, to be honest. Right. Uh, wherever you're most productive.
2: Right. I think there's a right balance. Like, obviously, like if you're doing all this knowledge work, like you said, it's like super good for you to just like focus in, zone in, do the work. But at the same time, like, if you want to see like new ideas come in and like be creative, then like the meetups, like you organize, like those are so beneficial to like, sp- like, create these like spontaneous ideas and like oh let's let let me throw this idea around and see what other people think and then maybe we'll find it and then and then go back after we finalize something and put in all that knowledge work and then and then it might actually be a lot better instead of just you trying to do it all online yeah i feel like there's the right balance
1: yeah i mean you mentioned the meetup i mean that honestly was a big motivation uh with the meetup that i started here in the triangle Uh, or not you know not that i started but that I've been helping with um, helping Oren grow and it, um, part of it was like, because I'm remote so much, like it's really good to get out and see people um, like you mentioned. So that, yeah, that, that was a big motivation. Like I think people who do work remote um, I think have more reasons to come out than maybe someone who spends 50 hours in an office. I think someone who spends 50 hours in an office I think is actually less likely to come out to the meetup. Um
2: yeah, I would be because would, that
1: sucks so much of your energy, right? Yeah, that's dude, that's that.
2: crazy that like we've created this like model of of like going to work for 50 hours a week in an office and like don't leave and just keep doing the same work with the same people every day. It's kind of crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, actually one I was talking to Griffin um uh, it's kind of funny because Twins started Empty Gateway and Twins run Gemini. And it's just like kind of this funny tw- twin thing. Um, but I was talking to one of them, uh, Griffin, one of the guys that runs Empty Gateway. And um, he was saying that like he thinks it's actually easier to measure results with rem- remote workforce because the only thing you have to measure is what they're building. Like you can't measure them sitting in an office. like you can't and you can't measure like h- how often they're there or how for how long they stay. Um, and it's kind of good because that doesn't matter, right? It's like really what you're producing. And so you can kind of just look at people's for at least for developers. You can look at how much code they're or like how many products they ship or or the code that they're writing to see their output. and you don't really need to have them in an office for that like at all. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of buy-in on the remote thing, I think, at Gemini.
0: Yeah, so, so backtracking a little bit, you, you were talking about, um, how being at Gemini, um, it's a little different because it's a regulated exchange. So you have to report a lot of things that you wouldn't have had to otherwise. And I think a lot of people in, in crypto forget that there's so many companies that have to, uh, listen to like the, some of the U.S., um, branches like the sec and like you saw this recently with tornado cash um um with them getting sanctioned and then github removed the source code so i guess transitioning to github um you you in your in your twitter bio, you have your github link where you um i mean I don't, I don't know i haven't looked into it too much but explain to us a little bit uh what you do with github and what you um what you upload there i guess
1: yeah so github is where um for my personal projects, I put like if I want it to be open source, I'll push it up to GitHub and GitHub is basically where people store their code and they've GitHub has added like. Collaboration features and things of that nature over the years, and so it's a lot easier for. People who don't even know each other really to work on the same code base and contribute to the same code base together, uh, you know. And. Have discussions about code changes that are suggested and then take suggestions and merge them into the code base so i use github for both work and for personal stuff uh, that's where that's where the code is stored
0: yeah i think um the thing you said about being able to like do it with someone that you don't know that you see that a lot in in crypto like people starting projects and companies that have never even met each other just is like so much more common I guess and I guess that could be due to, to COVID and everyone's remote now. But um yeah for sure. I, I saw after the after the sanctioning news I saw people were on Twitter. They were talking about I, I don't remember the name of it, but there's a there's a decentralized version of of GitHub. I think it starts with an R. H- have you heard of that? Um radical. Yeah, yeah I have it,
1: heard of it. Um it's pretty cool. I, I actually haven't used it at all but um I've been kind of itching to try it try it out um yeah Yeah. like it's on my list to try for sure
2: i feel like there's a lot of like i don't know if you can relate to this but like with blockchain technology like everyone thinks that like everything should just be decentralized and like even even if like for discord for example it isn't it isn't completely decentralized but like there's people out there that are trying to make completely decentralized platforms and like i think like a way that we can really like mature like as as a um as a niche or as an industry of, of crypto, I feel like we need to balance like, we don't have to put everything into decentralization. Like there's things that are meant to be centralized, at least some, to some extent. And like, we shouldn't force everything that we do to be a decentralized organization or a DAO or whatnot.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, and, and like the meetup group is a good example of it. Like I don't really have much desire to move our chat and discord to like a decentralized uh, forum because like we mostly just joke around and stuff so it doesn't i, I don't think it really requires that level of like censorship resistance really <laughs> uh that you might need from like money or something right, right. um yes i agree with you i mean I've, i i think it's great that um people are working on things for um less obvious I guess less obvious applications of decentralization. Like for example, like social networks. I, When I had started using crypto, I had wouldn't have really thought of a social network as a thing that like you would care to decentralize. But like now that like it's the main way that people share news and like it's, we saw a bunch of censorship happen on social networks over the previous years. It's like a little more obvious to me now that maybe that's important um so maybe over time people will people's ideas of like what should and shouldn't be decentralized will change yeah
2: I agree I think that that free speech thing just kind of like relates all back to like um bitcoin founding like the reason they founded bit or satoshi whoever whoever it is satoshi nokamoto they founded bitcoin because of like censorship and like problems with like authority and like they're having too much control over what everyone is doing in society um, so it, th- yeah. that brings me to the question of like, so there's Bitcoin and then there's Ethereum. And obviously, Bitcoin is like, it's probably the most decentralized protocol, I think, personally, that I've come across. And then there's also Ethereum, and they're like still making changes to it. So what do you, what do you think is like the better route? Like, do you prefer Bitcoin, like complete decentralization? Or do you think that Ethereum is better? Or like, what, what is your thoughts on like the, the coding for that?
1: Um, like, I have, I own both. Um, so, like, I don't, I honestly don't really see them as, I see them as complements, not substitutes, I guess would be like to be the economic way of saying it. Um, like, I don't think Bitcoin is a substitute for Ethereum and vice versa. Um, what's interesting about Bitcoin is, like, I think, like, like, if you ask me, like, what crypto network will exist in 100 years, like, I would say Bitcoin. I, I would, I don't know if I would necessarily say that about Ethereum. Um. And that's not a bad thing. I think the reason I think that is because maybe Ethereum changes so much that it's it's something else completely by the time 100 years gets around, you know, like it's because the social contract of that community is very, um, allows for such change, such such radical change. I think like in 100 years, it could be something Completely different. Like you, maybe we don't even call it Ethereum. Right. And, and But I think that's kind of good, to be honest. Like I think there's a market for it. Like for a network, a decentralized network that is malleable. Um, and so I, I just kind of think they serve different purposes. Um, and I think Bitcoin has a, a purpose and it serves it. Um, that being said, I don't really spend much time thinking about it. Like I kind of, I have some it's you know it's kind of just like sits there <laughs> i don't really spend it
2: um it's not something is it something you're actively like investing in like
1: yeah but but right. like like kind of like dollar cost averaging like i don't really i'm beyond that i don't really think about it at all um yeah. ethereum is where all my like um intellectual um energy is spent right it's like it, because it's it's just like there's more um there's more of a a creative like space space for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't really, I mean, Bitcoin people hate me say this, but like, I feel like you can't really do much to Bitcoin. I mean, it's important, but you know.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm 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 a Ethereum bull for sure. Um, compared to Bitcoin, I'm in the long term, and it just like the point you made like kind of like confirms my bias of like our, our society is like changing so fast. And like, if we have this, the system Bitcoin was launched in two thousand eight. I mean, there's there's obviously you could argue both sides, but like Ethereum, they have the ability, and they're like changing to like improve. So like like you were saying, like Ethereum could be something completely different in fifty years. But that's because society is going to be completely different in fifty. Yeah.
1: years. yeah. And
2: Bitcoin doesn't have that flexibility like Ethereum does.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's funny because I think like Bitcoin could be an interesting like anthropological tool like I think like you could mine something into Bitcoin and like it's the only thing I have confidence in that will be around for a long time so like if you need to put something on the internet that's like really important and you think you want future generations to see it I honestly don't know where else you would put it other than on the Bitcoin blockchain you know um like mining some like arbitrary piece of text into a a block Um, yeah like I don't know, like, because Ethereum, for example, part of the Ethereum roadmap that they've been talking about is um, dropping state after a certain number of blocks. So, like, the the chain will, um, like, history. So if, if, if you put something into an Ethereum block and then it changes, at a certain point, that history of the fact that that was, uh, used to be something else will, like, fall off. And some other network will store it um that's theorized or like that's that's something theorized that we do? that's something that they okay. have been thinking about as like a scaling okay, tool great. um so like but like no like i don't think Bitcoin would ever just ever entertain that idea you know like um so it's just like kind of it, it kind of illustrates the cultural difference i think between the two projects um yeah so
2: who do you think who do you think satoshi nakamoto
1: is (laughs) for the longest time i thought it was this guy um, um i'm like struggling to remember his name now but he was he was always he was always uh theorized to be one of the contenders um it was one of the it was a law professor in in dc um i know there's a few like
2: craig wright is pretty i don't know if that's who you're talking about and then like
1: no it's not craig Wright. it's it's one of the it's one of the guys that wrote one of the early like um cryptocurrency papers. Uh but I'm I'm trying to remember his name. Um he works at George uh, GW, I think, law school. Um cool. yeah, it's too bad. I'd look it up right now if I could like um if I could remember part of his name, but I can't.
0: Right. I <laughs> good. Um I guess one of the last things I wanted to touch on was. Uh, It says you, you co-founded Next Software Group. So I guess just maybe a a quick summary of what that is and why you founded that.
1: Yeah. So um, that was, so in between United Income, which was a a startup I worked at in DC and um, moving down to Raleigh, I did about a year, me and a buddy uh, worked on, um, basically we, Took a shot at starting our own company and we started we went through a couple different ideas um but um eventually spent most of our time working on like a tax crypto tax app and so that was a legal entity we spun up just to like be a holding company for for those ideas um and for that work we were doing so it was called uh bit balance and it's like shut down now but um yeah, that was, that was the holding company for that, like, year or so that we were working um, on some startup ideas. Um, Yeah, yeah. It
2: seems like, it seems like you got a lot of, like, like, you're you're dabbling into a bunch of fields and, like, trying to build a bunch of things, and I feel like in 10 years from now, man, you're going to be, you're going to have something on your plate that's, that's doing something, you know? (laughs) Thanks. It's awesome that you're setting yourself up that way. Do you have? Uh, we're just like closing out here. Do you have any like books or like recommendations on whether it like be getting into crypto, getting into coding, um, like getting into like uh, projects and whatnot? Um, do you have any recommendations for books, YouTube videos, um, podcasts, maybe?
1: Um, so podcasts, I love Bangless for sure. That's yeah. a great one. Um, the um book I would say for for crypto, um, I read. think his name is like he's a greek guy andres annopoulos i think i'm I'm botching his name Uh, but he wrote uh a book on ethereum kind of like going through the internals and so that was super helpful i read that back in 2018 and really liked it um for coding just generally um that's a tough one i don't know if i have a great recommendation there um, yeah I, there's a interesting book called code is the title i don't remember who the author is uh, but it's popular if you search it on google you'd find it um and i read that and really like it. it goes into like some of the like really really like the basics of computing like bits zero and one <laughs> and like where that sort of like uh um like the legacy of like the decisions like the decisions for why computers are built that way um and so that that's super helpful if you're like just starting out
2: awesome and i think um mastering ethereum building smart contracts and and decentralized apps is that the book you read
1: mastering ethereum yeah
2: that's okay okay yeah just for the viewers um yep if you, if you guys want to look at that it's on amazon <laughs>
0: um yeah that's a great book so we normally end our podcast with a, with a one question. And so what is one goal that you have in your career or personal life and what actions are you taking to achieve it?
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, uh, so the one like serious project I'm working on right now, outside of work, I would say is sort of like the biggest goal I have. Um, it's to bring, um, decentralized domains rooted in the handshake root zone to ethereum so there's a couple people already doing this uh one is this company impervious they've done it with forever domains and a few other tlds but um yeah i'm really involved in the handshake ecosystem and it's this blockchain that takes the idea of the root zone for the internet which is like d- decides who controls the top level domains like com org net you can think of those as like top level domains and like io so when you type in like facebook.com it's like there's this company verisign who owns com, and they um the only reason they own it is because some nonprofit in california says that they own it right and so this um blockchain handshake takes that idea and puts it on the blockchain. So you can own a top-level domain like that. Um, so like I can own dot .evan, and I can sell subdomains on that. So right now I have a product where I'm taking some top-level domains that I own and building some Ethereum contracts that uh, that are largely based on ENS, the Ethereum name service, and repurposing that for, for this system. So that's my biggest goal right now. Um, I've got some design documents up and some code down. So my goal right now is to finish it this year, but we'll see with two kids. I don't know. Hopefully I get around to it.
2: That's um, awesome, man. You seem like a really like driven person and and I wish you the best for all the things that you're building. Um, we appreciate yeah, you coming on. <laughs> Love yeah, to have you, you. back sometime.
1: Yeah, it's been great talking. Uh, hopefully I didn't talk your ear off. <laughs> oh yeah, you're good. Hi, right. see ya.